It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Tennis Unfiltered with me, James Gray of inews.co.uk and the iNewspaper. It's just me this evening. Hope you enjoyed the last couple of day reviews with Calvin and George. Always a pleasure to have them on whenever we can, but... Sometimes it's quarter past one in the morning and I'm the only podder left awake. That is certainly the case this evening um, because we had a late finish with Novak Djokovic and Hubert Hercatch going all the way to 10.35pm and not finishing their match, which is probably going to be the topic of conversation for the next couple of days, I would suggest. Excuse me for the yawn. That's not to say that there won't be tennis talked about, but um, yeah, I think it's fairly clear that uh, the idea that they can have three matches scheduled on centre, there be no rain delay, and they still don't get them all done is um, not great. Look, they obviously got unlucky because both the previous matches went the distance. But it should also be said that the five-setter between Andre Rublev and Alexander Bublik was not a very long five-setter because, well, Bublik certainly prefers to play fairly short points. It was only three hours twenty. In fact, that five-setter, so not not a long match really. Um, Shontek and Benchic went the distance with two tie breaks, three hours four minutes. That's you know that is fairly long, but. It just calls into question, again, this one thirty start time on Centre Court, which has only actually been the case for two years, and they are determined to stick by it. Now, there are several things at play here. I've spoken to people involved in making the decisions that, you know, the, the, the scheduling decisions and start times and things like that. There, there are two things, basically, as far as I can see it. One is, and, and this probably won't surprise you, and it's something that I've always kind of, one, assumed, and assumed that Wimbledon wouldn't want to say publicly, and, and indeed they won't, but I have spoken to some well-placed sources who say, well, look, 
we sell these hospitality tickets and and also just tickets for centre court and people pay a lot of money for them and they want the whole experience. They want to, you know, turn up at 11-ish and maybe go and sit on an outside court or two, have a wander around the grounds, go and have their lunch and then they want to go and watch the tennis and they don't want those different activities and experiences to overlap. Now, I I kind of see their point, but when it gets to the point that tennis matches are getting longer and longer, we know that, the surface is getting slower, um, the players are getting fitter, matches I think are 20% longer on average than they were in 1999, I saw Molly McAway in the Telegraph write that, um, there has to be an acknowledgement of that, and actually since 1999, the start time in centre court has not gone earlier, it is now later, it is now 1.30 rather than 1 o'clock, and we have already, multiple times this week, been in the situation where the the match last match on centre has been held over. Seven six seven six, Djokovic leads her catch. He may only be one set away from from victory, but it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a problem, and it's gonna be a problem on Monday because there are once again, I think, well there are only <laughs> there are two women's matches scheduled on Monday at least, which will help them. But one of them is Beatrice Hadamire who I think has three of the seven longest matches on the WTA this year. She's playing Elena Rybakina. And the other is Jabur Kvitova, which, okay, should be a reasonably short match, but that could very easily go three sets. So you're maybe going to have this situation again, where Alcraz and Berrettini don't get on court until, what, eight o'clock in the evening? And maybe Alcraz and Berrettini don't get finished again. And then... And it, it's just going to keep happening. We're going to speak tomorrow to Sally Bolton, who is the chief executive of the All England Club, and essentially the person, you know, who eventually the buck stops with her. She she takes, you know, sort of responsibility ultimately for all these decisions. And I will be interested to hear if, you know, how impassioned a defence of that one thirty start time she gives. Okay, how much of a difference? Someone's literally telling me how much of a difference can half an hour make, and I was like, "Oh, why don't you start at twelve then?" And I said, "Oh, well, that's different." Well, you can see the point, though. You know, it seems fairly obvious. The other point that someone made to me, again, a well-placed source, is about kind of traffic management of people around the site, um, and that if you have centre and number one starting at the same time, then everyone tends to be needing to move around at the same time, and and that creates bottlenecks and issues and you know there are 42,000 people on what is quite a small site so I can maybe see some some merit in that but again I feels like the kind of thing you can probably um, probably cope with so uh, I just I just don't think they can look at this look the 11 p.m. curfew isn't going anywhere before anyone asks the 11 p.m. curfew is a planning condition from when they got the roof put in 2009 the All England Club is in a long planning dispute with both Merton Council and Wandsworth Council and the local residents over their proposed redevelopment of the golf course across the road to create a whole load more courts and another stadium court over there, which is going to go on for years, it seems, which they are ill-prepared to deal with, and they certainly, certainly don't want to start pissing off the planners by, you know, messing with the existing planning regulations. Um, which is why they're very, very 
very keen not to go past the 11 p.m. curfew. Um, but yeah, they, they, I think they've got to look at the 1.30 p.m. start time. You know, maybe they have to start number one at 12.45 and centre at one fifteen, or, or even centre at 12.30, centre at one and number one at 12.30. I don't know, but they can't possibly go on like this. It's just, it's getting silly, quite frankly. Um, and I think they need to have a look at it. Um, what else can we talk about from Middle Sunday, of course, uh, they've abandoned, you know, to prove that Wimbledon can change, they have abandoned their um, Middle Sunday that lets the courts rest. Of course, only really if it rained a lot did they used to play on Middle Sunday, but now they do um, regularly. And we had basically the fourth round, except for, I think, two third round matches, one of which was mostly completed already, Gugu Dimitrov seeing off Francis Tiafo, who said he played like a player without an ATP point, um, losing 2-3-2 and two to Grigor Dimitrov. I think that probably understates how good a player Grigor Dimitrov is and how consistent he's been over the years. And he's also playing pretty well on the grass and, and knows the surface very well. Um, the other third-round match was Mira Andreva, who beat Anastasia Potapova 6-2-7-5. She had been 4-1 down in the second set. She said afterwards, or she cried afterwards, first of all, um, with joy, having made it into the fourth round of a slam for the first time. And she then said she's been trying to keep her emotions in check on court uh, and that against Potipova she was actually so tired and out of breath uh, most of the time that she couldn't let any emotions out. Um, she's only 16. She's a fabulous player. Today was the first time I really had a proper look at her up close. I saw her play golf. Uh, in Paris, and I was courtside for most of that, but this on grass was something different. Again, she'd never played on grass before, and all of a sudden she's won six matches in a row on it because she came through qualifying. And she looks a million dollars. Her rally resistance is brilliant. Uh, she strikes the ball really well. She's still a little bit underpowered, which you kind of expect from someone of her age. Um, but I think I think the ceiling is really high on that player. I'm obviously don't know what I'm looking at when it comes to tennis players most of the time but she, she certainly looks like she can play and you know she beat Krajikova albeit Krajikova wasn't fully fit but then she thrashed Potapova and she's got Madison Keys in the next round I think on uh, number two court was she on number one court she's on number two court actually either way um <laughs> if she wins that then jeez I mean, get get used to hearing the name Mira Andreva get used to it anyway um, maybe get used to hearing the name Roman Safiulin as well, another Russian who picked up a victory today, beating Denis Shapovalov in four sets. Um, Shapovalov afterwards revealed that he's had this knee injury that he's been battling for a while. And he, I actually spoke to him before the tournament and he sort of hinted at some problems that, um, you know, he, he probably needs to take some time off, he says, but he can't find a point in the schedule where he wants to because he wanted to do well around Garros and then... You know, he, he's a good player on the grass and he wants to take advantage of that. And then you're into the North American swing, which obviously is a home swing for him as a Canadian player. So, you know, just stuck in that horrible thing that so many players find themselves in where it's like, I need to rest, but where on earth am I going to find the time to rest in, in the calendar? Um, so, yeah, I, I did feel pretty sorry for him afterwards. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he can get some time. But, but great for Roman Safiulian, you know, a guy who... Generally, he's played his best tennis indoors. I think two of his four challenger titles have come indoors. Um, generally, he hasn't played his best tennis at Grand Slams because 
quite frankly, he's pretty inexperienced uh, in them. He has played main draw, I think, four times before. Never played main draw at Wimbledon. Um, and yeah, all of a sudden he's into a quarterfinal. I mean, it's just just great for him, you know. I mean, the Russians are taking over in some ways. Uh, he's going to have a really severe test when he faces Yannick Sinner in the quarters, uh, I guess, on Tuesday. But um, yeah, really, really excited to see you know, just another new name in there. I think we talk a lot about the women's game and how we could do with having the same names every now and again, but I'm all for new names in the uh, in the men's game, and I think that would be really good fun against, against Yannick Sinner, who is starting to show his teeth a bit. Saw off Daniel Galan with ease. He's had a really good draw. I mean, he, he hasn't played a seed yet. He played Schwartzman, he played Shirandolo, Juan Manuel, rather than Francisco. Quentin Allies took a set off him, but he came through that eventually pretty comfortably. And yeah, he he has had a fairly, um, I think, a fairly gifted path through to the quarters, and now he's playing another unseeded player. Um, but he will play either, if he wins, either Andre Rublev um, or the bottom player, which, of course, is Novak Djokovic. So maybe the semi-finals is where Yannick Sinner gets really tested, but don't write off Safiel and we'll see how that turns out um who else did i want to talk about today oh i mean the story of the day how could i forget i've just spent the last three hours writing about it alina svitolina and victoria azarenka the first thing to say about this is it was a brilliant ding dong tennis match um they both came out incredibly focused this was the first ukraine versus russia or belarus match at wimbledon since war broke out because of course belarusians and uh, russians were banned from the tournament last year and obviously these two women are pretty intense anyway and there was terrific intensity from the very start from the minute they walked out you felt like they both wanted to win this more than maybe any match before Svitolina said it was huge for her country that she was playing this match against a Belarusian and I think maybe some of that got to her a little bit early on she played pretty well but Azarenka was much better she jumped out to a 6-2, two-love lead. And then Svitolina just roared back. You know, she plays much more aggressively than she used to. Um, but she still does seem to have all the tricks. She's got, you know, she's got a drop shot. She can hit the ball flat. She can hit it with with shape. Um, she's got a decent serve at times as well. And she kind of showed all of that um, to unpick her way past uh, Azarenka. But it still came down to a deciding tiebreak which I have to say the quality of which was not great. Um, I think the first 12 points were all unforced errors, but I think they probably just both wanted it a bit too much. Just too, too tense to play their best tennis in that deciding tie rate, but eventually Svitolina got over the line. Now, that's kind of as much as the tennis has to offer. What happened afterwards is what people will talk about more. Um, Azarenka was walking off the court, having not shaken hands with Svitolina, because as you know, Svitolina is not, all the Ukrainians, it's customary now for them not to shake hands with the Russians or Belarusian players. And so she didn't. Um, Azarenka raised her hand to kind of acknowledge and you know nod. Uh, Svitolina returned the, the kind of gesture with a, a bit of a racket and a nod. And then, Svitolina, and then Azarenka walked off and was booed. And she stopped and looked around and kind of smiled wryly and then kept walking off and banged her fists together in the air in a, a gesture that has 
The best way to describe it is when Ross in Friends wants to pretend that he's giving his sister the finger uh, and he bangs his fists together. <laughs> I asked Azarenka about it after. She said she didn't know what she did and she couldn't duplicate it now even if I asked her to. So she was just throwing her hands up in frustration, probably making sure she didn't get fined by you know, sticking her middle finger up, which is, I suspect, the sentiment of what she was trying to convey. She said it wasn't fair. She said they were drunkards. Or sorry, she said they were quite drunk and that they had too much pims in the crowd that they didn't understand and that she felt she was in a, a position where she couldn't win, um, which I, I kind of, I guess I sympathise with. Um, similarly, you know, Svitolina pointed out that she was the one who had been booed in Paris for failing to shake hands because um, essentially because she had lost Sabalenka and so it looked like sour grapes um, she said and I don't know how practical this is or how workable it is she said the tennis authorities need to come out and explain to people that there will be no handshakes because clearly people still don't understand um, which uh, Azarenka conversely says we all need to stop talking about it because it's not making a difference so it's like, well, if you don't want to get booed, we, we need to tell people why she's not going to shake your hand. And, you know, <laughs> like, if we stop talking about it, in many ways, Azarenka's going to get booed more. Um, let me know your thoughts on that. I'd be interested to hear from more people um, at Unfiltered Tennis on Twitter, because I think it is... I mean, I do, you know, I don't think Victoria Azarenka has conducted herself perfectly over these 18, 19 months, but I do also wonder what she is supposed to do. Um, beyond what she did I don't know, maybe people who buy tickets to Grand Slams are not engaged enough with tennis I don't know <laughs> and that may well be true and maybe we need to find different ways to tell those stories but it, it, they weren't great scenes you know, Azarenka obviously is quite forthright in her views and always has been and so she, wasn't, she eventually wasn't shy about talking about it um and it's a shame because it overshadowed a brilliant tennis match, but Svitolina's going to go and play Igor Shantek next, and I don't know, I think Shantek might be there for the taking, to be honest, the way she's playing. And I mean, imagine if Alina Svitolina won Wimbledon. Not that I support anyone, but it would be amazing if she did that as a world card. Right, that's probably all from um, Middle Sunday. Manic Monday is slightly less manic than it used to be because there are half as many fourth-round matches. Um... Keep an eye on Daniil Medvedev versus Yuri Lehechka, I would suggest. I think the Czech has a chance for a big upset there. And also Christopher Eubanks, the, I think who has the second most aces in the tournament behind Alexander Bublik. He is up against Stefanos Tsitsipas. Now, there is a chance that turns into a bit of a serve fest, but there is also a chance that Christopher Eubanks pulls off a pretty sizable upset, so keep an eye on that. Um, most importantly, though, of all, Please do come back tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.